The Pace Line is supported by LEL Cycling. The coast is calling. LEL's shore collection embodies the spirit and style of the California coast. All LEL products are crafted in Southern California for shipment worldwide. Now, on to the show. Red Kite Prayer is hosting its first ever event October 12th through 14th, 2018, the Red Kite Rendezvous. The two and a half day event will feature bikes from some of the industry's top frame builders, two gravel rides, some of the world's finest craft beers, which are brewed locally, plus enough food to make the pedaling fun. For more information or to register, go to redkiteprayer.com backslash store. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, Celine Yeager, a.k.a. the Fit Chick of Bicycling Magazine. Each week, we take a look at different facets of how cycling fits into our lives. How are you doing, Celine? I'm doing very well, Patrick. How are you? <laughs> uh, from the waist up, I'm great. From the waist down, <laughs> less so. <laughs> you might need to explain that I, to the listeners abroad there. Well... Uh, yeah, my legs are pretty fried. Uh, I did a, a ride this morning that was uh, harder than I anticipated, not complaining. And that came on the heels of doing the dirt crits last night. Uh, and that was, I'm I'm not going to say easily, but that was most likely the hardest effort I've made all season. Uh, and I, I did get the win. Oh, um, a, little, a little stoked about that. That's Thank awesome. you. Uh, it was it was more strategy than fitness. Nah, uh, that counts. I made it in, <laughs> yep, that fitness in the brain uh, that counts. Yeah, uh, so it was uh, it was great, but I was just about crippled at the finish. <laughs> After only a half an hour, that's perfect. That's exactly how you should finish. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's great, but yeah, happy from the waist up, um, dead from the waist down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, well, what do you say we just jump right in? Sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Okay. I'll take the first poll. Please do. All Bring right. Us out. All right. Well, I feel like uh, I've had a hard time with this one, Patrick, because women's cycling is something that I feel like I, I really should address right now. And I'm also fatigued of addressing it right now because, you know, it's just it's it's it feels like it's a never ending. Uh, is it? Who's the guy that pushes the rock up the hill? Sisyphus, like, and, <laughs> yep. and, the rock, and the rock just keeps rolling down. And you think you get the rock somewhat up the hill and the rock keeps rolling down. And oh, it just feels like that's what happens with women cycling so, so, so often. Um, yep. You know, and there's been a lot of buzz this year, um, both positive. I'll, you know, we'll start with a positive note. Um you know, Trek, John Burke of Trek is so wonderfully devoted to cycling in general, honestly. Like, he is really all about getting people on bikes. I mean, he's pro e-bike. He's pro a lot of things. And, I mean, the, them, yeah. the way that they they showed the cyclocross races this year was awesome. You know, they, they had that feed that was really good. And it got people engaged and it made it easy to watch, which is really important, yep. right? So you're not like tweeting like, who's got the feed and where do I get the feed? And it's some crazy Russian feed with all these pop-ups. You know, like it's a it's an actually legitimate feed you can sit down and enjoy. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, he just announced that they're having this, the 
Trek Factory Racing women's team, you know, which is which is awesome. With all these resources, you know, it's a dedicated team. The sportif, the manager, they share the uh, the staff, and they're you know they're going to participate in the UCI Women's World Tour. And I that's just a really he really puts his money where his mouth is, and I think that that's awesome. And I'm, yeah, they they pay equal out at the Waterloo series. Like I think that all of that is just. Super encouraging. I love to see a person in power, you know, just actually mm-hmm. who, who who not only just gives tons of lip service to stuff, but actually like extends his resources uh, to make stuff happen. So I think that's been a really positive thing um, to start on. The totally pos- agree. Yeah. To start on the positive note, uh, you know, on, on the not so positive side, we've seen, you know, we've seen women's professional racing continue to really struggle. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the route de France feminine, uh, which is the stage race that was the successor to the tour de France feminine was canceled for the second year in a row this year. Uh, I don't, I'm doubtful we'll ever see it again. You know, one of the host cities that was supposed to host two of the six stages backed out. So that's that, um, La Course, which is stunningly disappointing, went from two days to one day, you know, and the one day was very, very good. It was outstanding racing well, but you had well, to get up I mean, at 4 a.m that... to watch it and it was you know <laughs> but anyway it was it was a it was an excellent race I so that's yeah a... i mean it, you know it goes to the heart of the problem that you're illustrating here in that oh when you let the women race oh look it's really interesting it's a lot of fun to watch you know uh, the speeds are high enough that it looks like bike racing. It doesn't look like, you know, a bunch of tourists out for no. a day in the countryside. It's racing. Right. And, and so, you know, when when you give the women the chance to race, oh, look, it's really a great visual spectacle. And that's... But that's, nobody's given them a chance. That and hence segueing right into what my other point was going to be, the Giro Rosa is yeah. is epitomizes what you just said. It's... It's great racing in an amazing setting, you know, the, 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 an amazing course in the Italian, you know, all the same places that a lot of the men race. Um, but could it be scheduled in any worse way? It conflicts with the Tour de France this year, <laughs> which forget it. I mean, just that alone. Forget it. Um, it conflicts this year with the World Cup and Wimbledon. And as if that weren't enough... It's impossible to even like find a feed. Like you could find some. It was like a Facebook feed that was all in Italian, and it was I think just like twenty minutes. It wasn't long. Or you could go to UC. Oh. It was it was bad. Um, it was just so. And most people don't even know it exists. So it's a really prestigious race that could just die because of just this. It just seemed like sloppy, lazy. I don't even know what careless. All the adjectives come to mind. Um, so I could, I could write a thesis on this because the women getting the most attention right now are the podium girls that still exist at the Tour de France, right? Like, so the, yeah. the Tour supposedly had gone into talks last year to abandon this. And I, I'm sorry, if you like it, it's, it's antiquated. It's an antiquated practice that maybe if we actually had a bunch of women racing too that we could see wouldn't feel quite it's terrible, but it feels it just feels yucky when it's just like, okay, I can't watch the women actually racing, but these these window dressing women 
are these women I should say you're using as window dressing? And I know that they are, you know, I don't want everyone adding me because of this. I know that they choose to do this. I know the women are not being, there's no gun to their head. They are hostesses by their own choosing. But it is still an antiquated practice that just shows women in cycling as this, as opposed to participants in it. So it's, it's they were going to do away with it. Other big events have done away with it. The Vuelta's done away with yeah. it. Tour de California's done away with it. Formula One racing, I think, has done away with it. Like, a lot of things are doing away with this practice. The tour yep. brings it back. Whatever. I'm not going well, to go to yeah. Women's Studies 101. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go there. I, I, could, I could. I'm not going to. What I would actually just like to briefly touch on is what is something that just really bothers me above and beyond all of this is that... You know, whenever women bring it up in any context, it doesn't matter if you say it in a hostile manner or in just a logical manner or just however women bring up women's racing and, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could get some exposure and how can we do that? When I read the comments, and I do always read the comments because I'm because I want to understand what people have to say, you know, there's mm -hmm. the, the very common theme of protest is women's racing is boring. Well, if women were as fast or as strong or as blah, 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 women, they, they would have their races. Women can't compete with the men. Women are, you know, it's boring, 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 boring. And I just wanted to say, like, if you watch these races as competitions, as we just talked about, in and of themselves, okay, I'll give it to you. They are not. If you put them in the same race with the men, I mean, the top 10% of the elite of the elite, there is always going to be a discrepancy. Between the fastest and strongest men and the fastest and strongest women. That is biology, physiology. We have smaller hearts, smaller lungs. Like, I've written books on this. Like, I, I get it. But, right, but, but when you right. put the top of the top of women and watch them races, sometimes the races are closer. I mean, I've been watching some of these last stages of the Tour de France that should be exciting, and they're not. You know, some of the, <laughs> some of the cyclocross races, you know, when you watch the uh, worlds, like, the, man, the, the top guy just runs away with it every time. And you watch people going around in circles for an hour. That's not exciting. But then you can watch like <laughs> Ellen Noble and Katie Compton like duking. Like that's more, that's exciting racing. If you're looking at something for competition for competition's sake, right? Like you could say yep. that a featherweight boxer is boring because a heavyweight's more strong, right? But it, that's. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, a, an argument that falls apart when you really examine it. In the context of sports and competition, it definitely is. So, I, you know, I, I, I understand if you have like whatever, you're just a little disinterested. But it feels to me that some of this hostility, it just feels like a fear that women's cycling is going to take something away from men's. Like if you dig in, it just feels like there's an undercurrent there that I don't get. Like I feel like if we ex have exposure and success, I mean, I guess I'm just one of those a high tide raises all boats kind of girl. Lift while you climb. You're so optimistic. We got to do something. And that's about you. just the way I am. But, um, but I just I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? It just feels like I don't understand the hostility and that that what feels almost like a fearful putting up of walls to yeah. the idea. I, I just I don't get it. Well, you're, what you're referring to is, you know, something that's happening is a larger cultural movement in terms of, you know, a certain class of, of people being afraid that they're losing their primacy at the top of the heap within the United States. So this is fear-based behavior that we're not seeing for the first time, okay? Uh, but it's, to me, it's a really stupid fear. 
It's like, why are you afraid of this? You're not going to be displaced. You know, guys will always have their race saying, you know, the part that I think nobody appreciates, and this will this will have a really weird echo later in today's show, mm-hmm. you know, because there's so little money in women's racing, by and large, the racing's all really clean because they can't <laughs> yeah. afford all the goddamn drugs. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's so, funny because I was in the shower today going, would it be better if we doped? Would it be better if we were bigger? Like, like I don't, you know, it's just like, but we can't afford to, so it's a moot point. Like, <laughs> No, but that's what I love. The racing's closer because you don't have somebody who's juiced so much better than everybody else. Or a whole team. You know? <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, to me, that's one great argument for women's racing is like, you know, by and large, you're going to see a clean field. Um, and, you know, even if somebody is doped, still the bulk of the field is clean. And so you're going to have much closer racing. It's yeah. going to be a much more dynamic race from that standpoint. And I defy you or anybody else who's listening to tell me that they can tell a difference between watching a field go 26 and a field go 28. Yeah. I can't tell the difference. No, no. You know, no. when they're doing 35, it's like, holy cow, you see the white lines whipping by and it's like, oh my gosh, that's really fast. Um, but you know, if you're anywhere between, you know, 25 and 28, I don't know, maybe even 29, it just looks reasonably quick. It all kind of looks reasonably quick. And production Uh, values of let's, let's be honest there too. Like when you watch the NFL, how much different does it look than like a a small college football game? You know, one of (laughs) like, and there's a reason one of them looks more exciting because the production values, like if you put a little money in, in, you know, that like in showing and couple extra it would cameras just yes it would look just as exciting oh yeah you'd no, see their faces totally you'd see the grimaces you'd see you know like it would be the same yeah get intimate yeah right i yeah could not possibly agree more and and one of the funny things there is you know given uh given the durability of more prurient interests you know, it's like there are a lot of guys out there who might find women's <laughs> racing more interesting if we saw their faces more, you know? Uh, yes, uh, yes. I don't really want to appeal to that, but, you know. But, I, you know, there is a human element. Like as the woman sitting here, there's plenty of women who like looking at Peter Sagan and, and some of the like, I mean, it's fine, right? Uh, it, we are human Humans beings. like to look at each other. So that that is yeah. OK. I, I think we can yeah. we can acknowledge that and say it's OK. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, although at the same time, I I will admit that you know, uh, as I began to appreciate, you know, we're trying to create or, or foster a greater sense of equality. You know, to to look at women out there and think, oh, she's really cute. I cut that off wholesale. You know, it's like, wow, what a fantastic athlete. Um, because it's one of those things. It's like I I, I want to think of them the way I would have thought of my sister. You know, hmm. it's like go go kick some butt. You know, don't think about you know whatever. Um, so I think I, I just I think guys have a greater duty in that regard uh, because we've done so much in the other direction. You know, I don't want to say atoning for it, but it's just like I let's yeah but- yeah. On on the the uh, gender sex appeal axis, 
back to the podium girls for a second. Oh, okay. The problem I have here is that what the tour did by reneging on that announcement, they're now worse than if they'd never said anything. Okay. If they just never said anything and ignored everyone, it would have just been very typically French. You know, we will do what we will do. Uh, this is how it's done, you know, and like so many things, you know, if you just ignore it, you can kind of keep doing what you're doing up to a certain point. But by saying, okay, we will end the podium girls and then bringing them back. That's 10 times worse than having just ignored everyone. Now they're saying, no, we, we're going to continue to be sexist pigs. Well, it, yeah, much. it, it kind of is just because they didn't, you know, I, I dug in a little more and they never, they never firmly said we're done with it. But it is, in my mind, it's even worse to go into like, we're looking at it, we're going into talks. And then because that, then it just, it's clear that you had your talks and you decided, yeah, we're going with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to roll with this. Yeah, and, it's all good. You know, the thing I... You know, you you can argue how dumb it is to keep the podium girls, okay? Fine, it's dumb. Uh, you know, most reasonable people will agree it's dumb. But let's look at the solution, okay? And let's look at the merits of the solution. Get little kids up there. Get dignitaries from the town up there. Get people who would not otherwise have any reason to be in the spotlight and shaking hands with these people. 100%. You know, the, the women who are up there, they're being paid to be up there. They're being paid as models, okay, right? Yeah. They're getting a paycheck out of it. But when you have somebody doing it on a volunteer basis, hey, would you like to help us out? Would you like to give the writer the bear at the very end of the stage? You get to give the stage winner a bear or a bouquet of flowers? Would you like to do? Oh, hell yeah, you know? I mean, if I had a chance to put my five and eight-year-olds up on stage with some pro writer. Oh, for sure. Dude, you know, lifetime event. They would remember that forever, even if the guy was doped to the gills. <laughs> even if, you know, just it's a it would be a really fun experience. And think about all the people who would find that to be a neat lifetime experience. It would also and be we're denying all those opportunities. Genuine. It would yeah. also be genuine because this is not yeah. genuine. Those women are not. Nope. I mean, they're they're models. Nope. You know, they are paid to smile and hand the bear. It's it's. uh and, you know, somebody was arguing with me that it, it elevates the professionalism of the sport. And I was just like, what? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, at least just own it if you like to look at them fine. But don't tell me it makes it more professional. Like, so, uh, but but it's just such a, I, to your point, I think it would be, ma- like, it would elevate the genuine excitement, you know, that people have surrounding the sport. To have like that, to have, because these kids that, like, line up for these pros autographs and stuff in the morning, like, my God, they would never sleep again if they got to like, you know, <laughs> hand Sagana Bear at the end of the. Seriously, yeah, 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 and just all the cute moments that come could come out of it. It'd be I mean, awesome. Very know, positive get, press you, for them. Yeah, you get a ten-year-old up there, and something unscripted is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's and cool. thank heaven for that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. I'm going to pull off. Take. Yeah. Get out of the wind a little bit. (laughs) What do you have? Well, um, speaking of the tour. Oh, here we go. The big reveal. Did Did you watch a stage? I did. I did. I did fulfill my promise. Uh, It was Tuesday's stage. Um, Not Sunday's. I understand. 
largely because between my own ride early Sunday morning and stuff I, I was doing with my boys on Sunday, I was just unable to get time in front of the TV on Sunday. That is fair. If if I could have, if I had really wanted to, I should say, if I'd really wanted to, I could have muscled into the TV. I mean, it's not like there weren't years and years in the past where I did it. So still think I, it's worth it if you can, just because it was super exciting. It was really, yeah. it was very fun to watch. It was easily the highlight of what we've seen so far. But I, talk, I can accept that. Yeah, you know, I've seen a few little video clips, and yeah, it looked pretty dynamite. But, you know, in defense of Tuesday stage, mm-hmm. that was plenty interesting. I mean, you yeah, had DMC's Greg Van Avermont holding onto the yellow jersey, even when every armchair <laughs> team director on yeah. the planet was swearing he wouldn't. You know, that stage, you know, it really had everything there is to like about the tour, if I can. Mm-hmm. OK, a guy won in a solo breakaway. There were chasers who couldn't quite close the gap. The yellow jersey was on a pre- on a pretender who was writing above his ability. Yep. All of that stuff I love a thousand percent. Partly because it saves me from thinking about what a farce the idea that t- Team Sky is clean. Then don't watch today. Okay? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Don't, don't watch, yeah. No, don't I've watch anymore. Heard. Stop watching. Yeah. I've already heard business as usual. Just stop Nothing watching. to see here. Move along. I, you know, I, you know, so when I say this next, I don't know that anybody's going to believe me, but it's not going to make it any less true. What I most enjoyed about the stage was the scenery. I you know, that. They went through areas where I've ridden before, mm-hmm. locations that I recognize, not just from my own riding, but also famous shots of riders in tours gone by. You know, I love the Alps. I love the tiny French village, the villages that have a bar, a tabac and houses and nothing else. Uh, I love the roads. I love the fans, you know, but there was a frenzy that I used to have for the tour. And I'm, I honestly miss it. I really do. Uh, I really wish that I had that same passion. And, you know, I don't know how much of this has to do with Phil Liggett incorrectly identifying riders from teams that no longer exist, like PDM or Del Tongo. You got to watch the Australian (laughs) feed, man. Robbie McHugh, you've got to watch. It's it's that would probably help. It helps a lot. lot. I feel bad. (laughs) Like, at what point do you just be like, okay, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I guess, you know, they don't have a 4K with with that. No. Uh, But, you know. You know, that part aside, as comical as that can be, uh, you know, my biggest problem is seeing a group of 12 guys at the front and four of them are from Team Sky. Don't watch today. Sorry, did I say that already? (laughs) 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 You know, look, I accept doping can't be completely eradicated. But the fact that Froome was let off with no penalty for an infraction that another rider who had the same exact uh, infraction Uh. got two years suspension for just stinks. Okay. It's, it's BS piled to the top of the empire state building. Anti-doping efforts. They will never, ever be perfect, but don't lie to me and tell me that you're doing all you can. When in fact, you're really just concerned with the image of cycling. As long as cycling looks clean to the average fan, the UCR to use, shall we say a continental term is Tranquilo. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. So I've, you know, to illustrate my problem, I've got a buddy who was a digital compositor for Industrial Light and Magic. Hmm. He worked on a lot of big movies, uh, the Star Wars reboot, um, 
He worked on Casper. He worked on all sorts of movies where there were a lot of digital effects. Um, and his job was to seamlessly blend special effects with real footage, making the two a contiguous reality. Because he spent so much time thinking about how to make individual shots work, his mind was forever in problem-solving mode. He told me a few years ago that he can't watch any movie with visual effects in it because oh, well. he spends his time analyzing how the effects team accomplished each shot. I was wondering where you're going with that. I get it. Okay. It killed stuff like the Lord of the Rings for him. Yeah. I, I was asking, just incredible. You haven't seen the return of the King? He's like, no, no, I'm not going to watch it. Wow. I can't. Yeah. It's, it's just been spoiled for me. And I, you know, I think that's one way to say, you know, to illustrate the place I'm in with the tour. I don't, I don't say this with any relish. I'm bummed about it, but I look at the tour and it's just, you know, yep. now that we're entering the second week and Sky's in charge, it's like, oh, just, you know, I always wanted a blackout of tour news prior to me watching the stage. Now I just want a blackout of tour news all day long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I really don't like that, but... I, I really think that the people running the UCI and to a lesser degree, ASO, they're jackasses. They're not listening to the audience. The audience doesn't want podium girls. The audience wants clean racing. You know, yeah, we're not going to get clean racing, but, but really try harder. You know, don't lie to me. Um, and, you know, maybe do something to change the Grand Tours so that they don't so automatically reward oxygen vector doping. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I hear you loud and clear. I mean, as, as much enthusiasm as I had last week um, and mm-hmm. guilt for my enthusiasm, this week has just dumped a bucket uh, of water on my enthusiasm. It, it just watching, it, go, it I was just like, I barely care. And that, that bums me out too. Like I feel, I'm feeling you. Like, it's just like, wow, it's so blatant. It's just, it's, it's just, and it's not fun to watch. It's not, it, it, it's that, that level of, it it just isn't like it's, you, you know, like you could have just, I don't know. I I know what you're saying. And I, I don't actually have any suggestions. I guess, you know, the only thing that will, it's just the whole money talks thing, right? So the only thing that'll make it change, I guess, if they start seeing interest slip away, you know, if people start actually mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. more and more people just go, eh, you know, and I, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I, that, I hate to see that too. You know, I work in the industry. I, I like the sport. I, I want, I want to see everybody do well. And I, I appreciate that level of, that level of pro racing can be super exciting. I think there's still lots of very, very exciting moments in the tour and they're still like incredibly talented riders doing amazing things yep. for sh- for sure and I'm, I'm still in it for that but i hear you that my top level of sort of like excitement buzz has been dimmed um and it's that it's just like come on like this is just well, so this year was, was so, so blatant yeah i you know it's why i was so so adamant last week that well hey if you're enjoying it go for it you know, what is the world without passion? And if you're having fun and you're being excited about something, you know, roll with it. Uh, you know, I mean, bike racing is a great thing. Um, I'd like to believe in bike racing. You know, for me, it was so much easier to accept 
the doping in the Peloton back in, you know, the, you know, I became acquainted with that there was doping in the early 1990s. That's when I really learned what was going on. Kimmage's Rough Ride came yeah. out. The first reports of EPO started coming out. Um, and then as I learned more later on, you know, what I came to appreciate was that, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, and certainly much further back, but particularly that era that, you know, those were the stories that I became acquainted with. You know, Eddie Merckx, Laurent Fignon, Bernard No. There was doping back then, but everybody was on a more or less equal playing field. It, the Swaniers were in charge of the doping. Um, everybody knew what was going on. Everybody agreed that we're just trying to make it look like it's clean. Um, and to a great degree, the UCI and the races all just kind of played along that, you know, this part behind going on behind the curtain, just don't pay any attention. Um, what changed? And because no, uh, a, a couple of things, um, you know, Simpson's death was a, a right, big, right. that was a yeah. big catalyst. Yeah. Um, and so the thing was, all the doping effort, anti-doping efforts have always been about the sports image. You know, let's not allow the image of the racing to be tarnished by the death of a rider. Um, and so anytime a rider dies for any reason, there's a lot of hand wringing and a lot of examining of, well, what do we do? Because, I mean, when Fabio Castrotelli you know, hit one of those paving stones at the edge of a road in the Pyrenees, you know, suddenly there was this huge examination of, oh, do we need to put helmets on all the riders? Mm -hmm. um, and that's that was one of the catalyzing events uh, that ultimately led to the Peloton wearing helmets now. Um, you know, death is not good for sales. Uh, and I, I really Unless accept you're an undertaker. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, while I accept that, I, I, I think that, you know, the sudden flurry of activity, is, oh, we're going to prevent them from taking any drugs anymore. They're not really doing it. Um, but also I accept that once, once the, the specter of oxygen vector doping rose, well, at that point, it really became a problem because it really did change the racing overall. You know, when, when it was... Do you think uh, shorter stages would change it? I don't know that that would really do it because I think they just go out faster. Which is um, they, what they've been so, doing on some of these shorter stages. You've seen them just go from yeah. the gun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if anything, <laughs> you know, maybe going longer... Because back before there was oxygen vector doping and back before they showed stages all day long, you know, the, the, the reputation of the, of the Giro was they rode uh, the first four hours of a five-hour stage piano. Like coffee pace. And then they, yeah, they didn't do anything. Yep, <laughs> yep. They would just ride along, everybody together. Then they would hear the helicopters approaching and then the attacks would start. That's that, that, yeah, you know, yeah, so, something to be said I don't know, for that. maybe less TV, <laughs> maybe less TV. I, you know, it's well, there should be anyway. Uh, I mean, like, you try to watch these, I mean, it's it's on in the background while I'm working, and I look up if I hear them get excited about something, but like, yep. it's you know, it's a long day. Those oh, yeah, long days. Oh, the number of the number of years where I sat on my couch with my laptop in my lap and the tour on the TV, I mean, that's been like a July tradition for me, yeah. so I mean. This is a very, very different July than any other. Yeah, it's it's even more divorced from the tour than any previous year. 
Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I love uh, how this is going to segue right into my pick, by the way. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, just, um, I'm looking you know, at what I, I have for my pick and I'm like, wow, really, Celine? Is, is that what you're um, going to do here? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You should go there. Um, you know, and just one final thing I want to just say, you know, to all of our audience listening, if you differ with us or, or, or if you're with Celine and you think I'm off my rocker, it's it's OK. I Light him on that. fire. You know, that's what I, Twitter is for. I've discovered. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I've got some dry bits over here where to catch really easily. Yeah, just, I, you know, just light us I mean, up on the Internet. You know, that's what everybody does. It's, it's fine. For anyone who is enjoying it, you know, I don't want to dampen your enthusiasm. Uh, if you're able to enjoy it and have a good time and, you know, you're not bothered by the moral dilemmas that caused me to stay up at night, um, you know, good for you. <laughs> I, I, I truly applaud you. Oh, Patrick, um, this should not keep you up at night, dude. There's a lot of things you could be worried about. Like the oxygen oh, this, vector this, doping should be way down on the list. It so. is. Okay. It, it, it okay. is way down the list, but it can still do that. <laughs> Smacks his forehead. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think now would be a good time oh, no. for the baseline picks. <laughs> I just don't know because, because I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm going to go with it. My baseline pick this week was Floyd's of Leadville products, which are, I mean, please, um, which are ironically, you know, about he's all in. I mean, he like Floyd is, yep. uh, you know, he, he is owned his past and he's in a present place and, and and I've met him recently and he he genuinely is like he seems pretty okay he's in a much much better place yeah. and I'm really happy for him yeah I you know too. people get really wrapped up in uh former dopers and you know what their lives should be and you know I always want to try to keep in mind and I hate being one of the lone voices in the wilderness about this uh but you know He's a human being. We're all people and he's got a whole life and he's been through a lot. Sure. Some of it, much of it, maybe of his making, but he's a person. He's one of our tribe. Um, and, you know, I like seeing that he's no longer depressed and self-destructive. Yeah. There's a lot to celebrate in that. Uh, and, you know, having seen self-destructive people, uh, having experienced depression myself, yep. Um, you know, and now having spent some time with him myself, you know, he's a pretty delightful guy to be around. He he very much is. I I, I know him f- fairly well, and he 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 very very much is. And you know, I most people, the vast majority of people, have the choice of whether or not to live their life publicly or not, or to have their foilables exposed publicly like that or not. Oh and, yeah. You know, we have all messed up and we just haven't done it on a big stage, most of us, right? And it's just, yep. you know, it, so I, I, I'm all about second chances. I'm all about forgiveness. Uh, and I, I'm, I am genuinely happy where, where he's from, you know, where he's found himself. And, and I, I don't, have you used CBD products? I am not, I, I will go on record here, like, and I'm not going to make you say anything about yourself if you don't want to. But like, I, I have tried smoking pot. I don't like myself on pot. I'm I, I I don't like to be slow and stupid. It makes me feel kind of slow and stupid. Um, God knows I've never tried to like wait like bake and ride. Like I've 
I know friends that, you know, do headset adjustments. Oh, yeah. Mountain bike. Bake, oh, my yeah. God. Like, I've never yep. ridden. I, I think I'd kill myself. Anyway, so, like, with, with these CBD products, I was like, eh, I don't know. Like, I, I just wasn't sure. I have three different CBD products within view of my desk. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so you, you are the longage. Just, just to boil this down super simply, so the compound CBD, there are two compounds that really do things to people within cannabis. Yes. One is THC, yep. which is mind-altering. And that gets you high. The other is CBD. Yep. Yeah. CBD is not psychoactive, okay? Not mind-altering. But what it does do is uh, it can combat, it does combat inflammation, mm-hmm. but it also addresses nerve pain. And so when you have spinal stenosis, as I do, Uh pinched nerves, Mm -hmm. um, I got turned on to CBD uh, five, six, seven years ago. Interesting. At least, yes, at least six years ago. Uh, I, I purchased my first CB, you know, and getting the card, uh, and then going into my, into a dispensary for the first time, I was like, this (laughs) is a racket. This, this is a front, um, it was so strange. And I mean, you know, being a, a, a you know, a, a clean little athlete, you know, um, it was just a very surreal experience for, for me to walk into a dispensary the first time. And then asking about, well, what do you have in topicals? Uh, you know, no, I'm only looking for CBD. So that was a very strange experience. Um, but CBD, yeah. Really good for inflammation and really good for nerve pain. So this, so it's interesting. So I, it's funny because he sent me products to test and this was a while ago and I tested them and he's like, what'd you think? I'm like, well, he's like, well, what, what were you taking them from? I'm like, well, nothing hurts. He's like, I can't help you. You know, he's like, so why, <laughs> why are you taking them? I was like, I don't know. So, um, but it, but what was interesting that I did notice and it's, there's nothing magic, but I did notice, you know, I have, um. I have like an under, you'll relate to this, I'm sure. I have an undercurrent of anxiety always, right? Like there's just, no, 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 nothing, no, no idea what I'm talking no, about. No, no. So, but I noticed that dimmed. Like it, there was at some point that I was like, that seems gone. You know, and it was, and I, it, it wasn't like a light switch, but I did mm-hmm. notice like when I, because you sort of expect at times of day or in certain situations, a certain like, reaction right that that you're going to get yep. agitated or something and yep. i was like i'm kind of more chill you know but not mm-hmm. mellow i'm not please i don't get mellow but but i'm definitely but but that unpleasant <laughs> <laughs> the the unpleasant part of my spirited personality was um, you heard it here first folks <laughs> she does not get mellow <laughs> the unpleasant but yeah so yeah was, was when i was talking to yeah, it was Sorry, cool. go ahead. No, the, so th- that said, so the, I I noticed that from the capsules when I was trying them. And then mm-hmm, he's got a new mm-hmm. protein um, powder, which is like relax and recover. That's his whole tagline, right? And it's got 27 grams of protein, 8.5 grams of branched chain amino acids, 25 milligrams of CBD. It's delicious. Uh, no artificial anything. And I, you know, I haven't used it independently of the capsule, so I don't know if that would have the same sort of chilling effect, but it's... You know, if you're going to use a recovery powder, it's it's quite good. So I, I, yeah. I think I'm kind of sold on this stuff. I'd, I'd love to give that a try. Uh, you know, when I talked to Floyd last fall, 
he talked about how, yeah, the CBD was helping with his anxiety. And I mean, you know, during the worst of it, it was bad. It was crippling for him. Yeah. And I can, I can appreciate how it must have been. This is a little bit like one of those, uh, uh, off-brand uses, um, you know, where, you know, they made the drug to, you know, cure ear hair, uh, <laughs> but instead everybody's using it to cure nose hair or something. Uh, happens all the that time. That was terrible, but, but happens all the right, time. Right. Viagra so I had alone, never, Viagra. I mean, that was not yeah, made. Altitude sickness. <laughs> yeah. So, right. or even how um, Viagra was, that was sort of an, became a, Anyway, we're getting off topic, but that happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, um, yeah, when he was talking to me about it, I hadn't heard about CBD being used to address anxiety at all. Um, but when I've got, I've got gel caps that I, I purchase for when the nerve pain is really bad. I'll put some cream on when I mm -hmm. get home and I'll, I'll take a gel cap knowing that it's going to take an hour, hour and a half for that to really start to kick in. The transdermal but, or the, the one that you take just a gel cap okay yeah okay yeah the the transdermal creams they work you know within a couple of minutes cool um but they don't last for long um but yeah when he said that i started paying attention and noticing that yeah when i've had one of the gel caps uh like a five milligram or eight milligram uh gel cap yeah it it makes a difference. That's cool. Um, and it, it was one of those things that I wasn't tracking at first, but once it was brought to my attention, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. Same reaction. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and to see him talk about how much it did for him, you know, that's one of those true believer moments. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was impressed. Okay. Speaking of everybody flaming us, I, I, I figure we're gonna get it lit up for, for saying anything nice about Floyd. But, uh, yeah. I got thick skin. <laughs> I've been in this game a long time. Anyway. Yeah. I got no problem standing up for the stuff I believe in. You know, I'm, I'm glad to see him succeed. I'm glad to see him in a good place. And I genuinely believe in the product. Amen. I really do. Cool. Yeah. What do you got for so, us? So mine is a little bit of a repeat. I, a couple months back, I made this announcement in the Paceline Picks that RKP is hosting its first ever event this fall. I heard the that. The Kite Rendezvous. Mm -hmm. um, but then like, I promptly didn't say anything else about it on the show for a while. And it's like, okay, well, that's a marketing fail. <laughs> um, the only downside of this is it's the same weekend as your ah. event, uh, Unpaved. Uh, October 12th through 14th. Mm. Uh, so I can't be in two places at once. So I'm going to miss your event. I'm going to miss yours too. Because I'm, I'm putting on my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here, here it is in a nutshell, the rendezvous and that's rond a vu. We're blending a little Flemish, a little French, a uh, little, little culturally difficult to focus on. <laughs> um, but it's two evenings of looking at cool bikes from some very cool frame builders plus two gravel rides here in Sonoma County. We'll serve dinner Friday night. I mean, this is kind of a standing dinner. We're not, this isn't plated for, you know, 800 people. Um, but we'll serve dinner both Friday and Saturday night. People get to hang out, look at bikes, talk to builders, uh, and we will ser serve some very stellar local craft beers uh, like Pliny the Elder. Um, we'll also serve breakfast both Saturday and Sunday morning before the rides to make sure everyone is fueled up. Uh, and we'll have aid stations 
uh, during each of the rides. I'm pretty sure it'll be one per ride, but that should be enough. Um, Saturday's ride, we take in the old Kaz course made famous by the Grasshopper Adventure Series. And then Sunday's ride will stay a little closer in to Santa Rosa. So we get a, a few hours in on gravel and then people can head home from there. Uh, builders, we're going to have Mark Danucci. Uh, c Designs will be represented. Nice. Uh, Pursuit by Carl Strong will be represented. Those are new uh, custom carbon fiber frames uh, led by Carl Strong, but some other real uh, solid industry people behind that operation. Uh, Dave Kirk of Kirk Frameworks will be here. Hampton Cycles will be here and a few others. Uh, so I'm still talking to people. Oh, uh, Todd Angermanson, Black Cat. Cool. He'll be here for sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, this event, uh, this isn't going to blow up into some, you know, several thousand people fondo. It's going to be small and intimate. You know, we want to give people who come to this a chance to meet builders, talk to them, see the bikes, uh, you know, have a good time, drink some great beers, uh, and go for some good bike rides. Uh, in broad strokes, this is not a grasshopper and it's not nabs. Uh, it's somewhere in between the two and hopefully I'll be able to find a sweet spot that makes it fun as hell. Um, and there will be a link in our show notes for people to go to the registration page. Sweet. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm psyched. Uh, we're, no matter we're what already getting you're registrations. On, you have an event to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and maybe next year we'll coordinate so that they're not on the same weekend. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a mouthful. All righty. I think that's a wrap for this episode of The Pace Line. What do you got going this weekend, Celine? What do I got going this weekend? I am going to, uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to play some hooky. And um, mm -hmm. I'm going to go up early and ride some enduro runs. I'm, I'm on this 160-millimeter uh, coil bike, a live hail. And it is, uh -huh. oh, have you ridden a coil suspension ever? Nope. Dude, you've nope. got to get on one. It's, yeah. it, it's, it is, uh, it's game, I mean, game change is one of those words that you hate to use, but it really is a game changer. Like it rides, like it's mm -hmm. on rails, it hugs the ground. I, I'm, I feel like my friends who huck off of everything and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm looking for things to like. <laughs> Just ride over because it's just so much fun. So I'm going to go tomorrow morning at Mount Penn, which is uh, we have a giant pagoda here in Redding. I, people uh -huh. from this coast will be familiar with it. They do the Jurea downhill series. And it's just it, it's so fun because there's A, B and C lines everywhere. So I'm not like doing, you know, I'm not on the World Cup circuit anytime soon, but it's there's there's lines for me, too. Um, so that'll be super fun. And then we're going to go to the Cape uh, for the weekend. Um, got Ooh. some family up there. There's some fun flowy trails up there, too. So a good weekend on town. Neat. How about yourself? Very cool. Uh, Saturday, there's a bike swap here in town. And oh, cool. So last fall, uh, RKP readers and Paceline audience members uh, sent me a bunch of clothing after the fires. Uh, I wanted to try to help get local cyclists, you know, back out on the road or trails as quickly as possible. Um, but after all this tons of clothing arrived, there came a point where I really couldn't find people to give clothes to. I just ran out of people. That said, I actually found out that a friend of mine lost his home oh. uh, only yesterday. And so he's coming over today to get clothes. But we're going to the bike swap. I'm going to sell clothes for five hours. Uh, and the money that we generate from that will be going to support local high school mountain bike teams. Excellent. 
Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited about this. I, it's I'm such a geek. <laughs> it's cool. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for my other podcast, The Poll. The show features artisans talking about their craft in one-on-one interviews. Thank Terry Gross for the bike set. This week's guest is James Winchester, the product manager for Mozzie Bicycles. And we talk about what it is to be a product manager, what's required, and why it's the job within the bike industry that is most second guessed. Hmm. Um, Finally, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. For Celine, I'm Patrick Brady. Thanks for listening.